What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. We are back from a one-week hiatus with no UFC, and we're back for the UFC's first event in France, uh, and they got a decent card going along with it. Um, good to be back with my man, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Oui, oui. Uh, I am here <laughs> for the French. Um, I'm very excited you know, for the UFC to be going back to Europe. Uh, I think that they were going to do two shows in Europe, this one and a Sweden one. But I don't think that's happening anymore. So I hope the the French uh, pack the place and they have you know moderate success. But yeah, good uh, good recharge week. Tender series is still going on. Um, but yeah, you know let's uh, finish the you know September first here. So let's finish the year off strong. Last you know three four months here, but uh, you know decent event here, action event, and then we're uh, on to a pay per view week next week. Yeah, I mean, the card isn't isn't great. You know, I think a lot of the fights, I don't really know what to make of them. Uh, A lot of fighters making their UFC debut. And, uh, you know, I would say tread lightly with some of these fights. I think I'm looking at, what, seven fighters making their UFC debut on this card. Um, So, you know, you got to be careful with some of those spots. But before we get into this week, just a quick recap of the last card, UFC 278. Obviously, ending with uh, one of the craziest comebacks, knockouts of all time with Leon uh, starching Usman in the fifth round. Um, You know, I bet on Edwards. Don't really consider it a good bet. I think we got pretty lucky there. Uh, But still, happy to see uh, Edwards get the win and kind of just shake up the MMA world. I was definitely, you know, satisfied with the result. Um, And it was a .16 unit win fee. just clinging on to some profit and i'm on a sneaky little streak here ozzy nine tracked events are in a row on bet mma i'm sure i'm sure i'm gonna lose this week because i keep mentioning it um but uh you know uh how'd you do on the last card wow tremendous um so on plays that ended up get being tracked swept the board three and all angelusa arichi lang victor altamirano four and a half units up um, you know, obviously the best bet in the Woodson was inside the distance. By the time I got to go track it, it was the, the odds weren't no good anymore, so I didn't do that. Um, but unfortunately, that loss he really shit the bed. And then I didn't end up tracking Tybora. I don't know what happened, but you know he he was fortunate as well. You know, both Woodson or I guess Tybora. Oh no, yeah, Tybora was fortunate too because they didn't give any ten eights or they gave one ten eight. Um, so yeah, it was a good, good, uh, good event, four and a half units up and about the Leon win. So Leon won is not a fluke at all because MMA, both guys know at any point, any point in time, you know, the, you know, a submission or a knockout is, is available and it's like tennis. So you see on tennis, you have the three, you got the U S open going on this week. So you got three set matches and five set matches. So imagine if you could just ki- like end a tennis match because you just beat the guy by like a mercy rule. You know, obviously in MMA, you need to put out like, you know, some kind of finishing maneuver. But like if you saw more of these events every week, like if there were like hundreds and hundreds of fights, like you see like tennis and tennis matches are hundreds and hundreds getting played every day. Like, you know, late finishes, all these kinds of things, they happen very often. Um and, you know, especially with a guy like Leon, who he has, like, one big, real threatening, you know, uh, strike that uh, DC actually called it pretty nicely. He was like, hey, man, his kicks are so uh, quick. His hands are so quick here. So I don't think it's a fluke just because it so happened to happen in the fifth round. If it happened in the fourth round, like, I just think that Usman, uh, that he just caught him perfectly. Like, Usman was trying to get out of the way of that punch and ate that shit into his dome. And I'm glad he did. Yeah, I mean, I I made the mistake of tweeting it out, uh, calling it a fluke. It's it's not really a hill I'm willing to die on and keep talking about. I did get ratioed by uh, our man Caposa, Grabaka uh, Hitman. You know, he he ratioed me at like uh like seven to one, I think, last time I checked. Um, Damn. Uh, no. Yeah, but I, I mean, I respect his opinion, so it's not exactly like uh you know a, a <laughs> sick burn. Um, sure. And. Uh, yeah, so what, any, any other uh, thoughts? What was the co-main? No. Oh, it was, it was uh, Costa Rocco. Rocco. That was a yeah, sick that, fight. Oh, I love I love Costa, dude. The whole week in prep, like the the, the Ariel Hawani interview he did after, uh, like the hour long, dude, amazing, like amazing hour. Um, Paulo Costa, he, he's got to be champion. I'm, uh, I'm rooting for, uh, for, for, for him to get into title, uh, title contention for sure. Tough path. Tough path ahead of him, I can tell you that. Um, 
And Marab holding it down. New York City East Side, Ooh. best side. Aljamain Sterling's about to about, about to do the same shit to TJ, just way more with way more uh, uh effective offense. But I mean Jose Aldo, they did him dirty there. I knew that those how they put those fights together was no good. The Marab thing with the and then what's it called? Whoever else at 135, Marlin and they fucked that shit up. They should have called me. Yeah, um, enough, Let's go. Of, enough about that, though. Last yeah. week, uh, nice to have a week off, like you said. Let's get into these fights. 12 fights, first fight, women's featherweight division. You don't hear too many of them. We got, uh, I'm calling her all-in Perez taking on Stephanie Edgar. Uh, Edgar still recovering from that uh, pathetic performance last month. Um, <laughs> Edgar is the pretty significant favorite, minus 240, all-in Perez, plus 205. Uh, a lot of action coming in on Perez uh, the past several days. Um, I like this fight and just thought, you know, they're two uh, low-level grapplers. Neither of them have much striking. Neither of them are really cutting weight here. They're both career bantamweights. And I'm thinking if Stephanie Egger managed to get herself guard armbarred and tapped out in that pathetic fashion like she just did, how is she going to be minus 300 in a grappling fight here uh, versus Perez? I mean, Perez seems like a decent top position grappler. Most of her fights are just taking women down, um, maybe throwing some decent ground and pound. Don't think she's anything special, but I just like the number on her. I got a really good number, 275 at the time on DraftKings. Just a half unit bet there, you know. I, I cannot see that being a, a bad bet under any circumstance. Uh, almost a 3-1 to one dog in a women's grappling fight. So, uh, you know, I think it's dog or pass all day, uh, and uh, it should be a grappling fight. It should just go to the decision as well, you know. I think the GTD here is being priced a little, a little crazy. Uh, any thoughts or bets for you here? I looked at this a little bit. I'm very familiar with Stephanie Egger and her fights and, you know, all that good stuff. You know, Perez, I hadn't seen any anything from her. I mean, she looks like she kind of reminds me of Vanessa Mello, you know, unfortunately. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, You know, Vanessa Mello, you know, she's fighting for a million dollars every year. On any given year, she could be a millionaire. So could be not a bad thing to be similar to Vanessa Mello. But, yeah, it just looked to me like a South American plotting, you know, they're, you know, they don't know if they're a Muay Thai kickboxer or a grappler. So I don't really know. The girls, you know, I, I forget who. Stephanie Egger is coming in on short notice, right? So, yeah, I don't know why the girl in particular is on this card. It's going to be a pass fight for me. But I do think that Stephanie Egger, I could see why people think that Perez could uh, out-hustle her in some of these grappling positions, uh, po possibly. Um, but I just don't know how she's going to approach the fight. So I'm not that interested in getting involved. Um, but I do think that, uh, you know, this fight probably does go later. So, you know, my best pick, if I had to produce a winner here, would be uh, over two and a half or goes the distance. One of the two. Yeah, I think the odds makers are just seeing, oh, Edgar's fights have finished recently. And, you know, maybe this one will finish too. But I mean... I mean, there's two women grapplers here. I mean, I don't understand the uh, I uh, the the GTD at you know 48. Um, percent Enough about that one. Fun fight next in the bantamweight division. Khalid Taha taking on Christian Quinones. Quinones making his UFC debut, coming off the Contender Series. Taha minus 115. Quinones minus 105. Any thoughts on this bantamweight fight here, Ozzy? Yeah, um, I came into this fight. I mean, Taha has been, I feel like this is a guy who's been scheduled for like a ton of different fights and he like never makes it there. But when he was fighting, he was active now, whatever. But I think he's been supposed to be on this card for like a long time. Um, and I think he is a part of this like European contingency here. Um, I like Quinones over him, uh, in this, in this fight. I do have a little plus money on Quinones, not a significant, not a huge bet. Um, but I think he should probably be the favorite here. I just like the volume, the the footwork, um, the in and out motion, and then the consistent. You know, he just always is always doing positive things, and I think you know I see a little Brandon Moreno in him in the fact that like they're just always trying to engage, but engage on their terms and engage you know in things that are going to either like score points, land strikes, whatever it is. You know, Taha is explosive. He'll start you know throwing punches, you know, and and kind of throwing with hooks, and you know he'll find the chin sometimes. So definitely, Kinyonas needs to watch his p's and q's. Sometimes he does you know try to start moving his head and kind of you know, uh, moving out of range with his hands down or with one hand down maybe. Um, so, you know, Taha does close the distance pretty good, but he's been very inactive 
on the ground. I think that um, I don't think that he uh, Taha's gonna be able to you know hold this guy down often and uh, you know a lot easily either. And he's never really been a control grappler either. But the guy does go for some submissions, so I, I see his uh, submission price at almost ten to one in some places. I think that um, if there's grappling, I would not be surprised at Taha looking to apply a submission, uh, you know, quickly, like you know, other th- uh, instead of kind of just like fighting for positions. So, but I, I'll pick uh, Quinones. I think he's an odd volume. You know, throw a bunch of stuff out, stay stay moving, mix mix in grappling if he needs to, and uh, get a decision one. Yeah, I'm leaning with the Kununa side as well. I just don't really know what to make of Ta- uh, Taha. Uh, he seems like a decent fighter, but he's pretty one-dimensional in the fact that he really only boxes. He mostly targets the head. Uh, he throws a few leg kicks in there, but I just don't see a lot of you know variation in his offense. He is not a strong grappler. I'd actually call him a uh, you know a pretty weak grappler. And I just think that he he's not going to initiate takedowns here. I don't think he's going to pump out a ton of volume. And I think he's probably going to have to touch the chin of Quinones here and, you know, wobble him or knock him out to win the fight because I see Quinones throwing uh, a lot more strikes. I see better strike variation from Quinones. He, you know, mixes up the kicks a lot better, targets the, the head, the body, the leg a lot better. And I think that, uh, you know, the output and just the constant patient pressure of, uh, Quinona should probably get him the win here. I'm kind of thinking uh, it's going to be a high-paced striking fight. So I did place a, a small bet, three-quarters of a unit on the fight uh, ending inside the distance. You can get that at plus 142 on FanDuel, best market-wide price. And I just think these guys, um, you know, I don't see either guy um, – holding each other down in the grappling. So Taha is a bad grappler, but Quinona doesn't uh, initiate the offensive grappling much. So I just think these guys are likely to stay on the feet for most of the fight. And I think they're going to be trading back and forth. And uh, I could see uh, Taha catching them with a big shot and knocking them out at any time, or maybe like an accumulated damage type of uh, a TKO for Quinones. And then the last thing I'll say is just, you know, this is kind of a, a stupid thought, but just looking at Taha's Instagram, not, you know, not really seeing the guy training much. He's obviously, see on steroids got an incredible physique but um, he trains at like just a, an, a local you know gym in germany where they don't even have pro mma fighters it's kind of like a multi-purpose gym and uh, i don't really see him sparring with many other mma fighters the guys fought once a year for the past three years he just had a, a kid not that long ago and i just don't know how invested he is in the fighting uh they probably just gave him an opportunity on on this uh you know europe card and he's taking it but i, I just don't think taha's really in the in the fight game, uh, you know, fully. And I think Quinones definitely is, especially coming off the contender series. And what I like about Quinones is he fought in the contender series, I think 11 months ago and he got signed. So, you know, that, you know, he's probably been training, uh, you know, way more seriously over the past uh, nine or 10 months since making it to the UFC. So I think we could see even more improvements from him. And that's going to move us to a lightweight division. Next fight, uh, Benal St. Denis taking on Gabriel Miranda. And this fight is, Benoit Saint Denis minus two seventy five, uh, Miranda plus two thirty five. Man, what a fun name to to pronounce, uh, Benoit Saint Denis. And the guy's a pretty pretty good grappler as well. Um, don't really know what to make of this Miranda guy, right? I mean, he hasn't fought in like three years or something. I don't even know where the hell the UFC found this guy. Oh, my mistake. Um, he has fought more recently. It's just there's no footage of him available. Uh, the last fight was against John Zarate, which is. Uh, like I said, three years ago, and just the the footage of this guy is just so hard to find, and I don't know what to to make of him. I mean, he he's a grappler; he's taking most of the opponents down and now grappling them. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, this Magomedov guy took him down and and controlled him most of that fight, if I remember correctly, in Brave FC. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I guess Miranda's gonna outgrapple. Or, I mean, excuse me, I, I guess Saint Denis is gonna outgrapple him uh, to probably. Uh, I don't even know. I th- I'm kind of leaning uh, over one and a half here. I'm seeing some other people talk about this. I mean, Miranda's a grappler. Uh, St. Denis is also a-, a grappler. And I think this fight is probably just going to have a lot of grappling. And I can see it definitely going over one and a half. Unless Miranda is just um, nowhere near UFC level. I think he can probably hang around long enough to make it to that over one and a half. So that's probably the bet I would recommend the most. Uh, over one and a half at minus 112 odds. And 
a possible square bet, but I think a bet that has a high probability of cashing is the St. Denis subline at 250. I mean, I just think he's going to be uh, the better grappler of the two. Obviously, much uh, much more UFC t- uh, tested. And uh, they got they got Miranda sub at three to one, man. I don't I don't get it. I I don't think that price is right at all. But any thoughts here, Ozzy? I think it's kind of a hard fight to have any conviction in. Nope, I don't give a shit about this fight. Um, I underestimated Saint Denis' uh, grappling game in his last fight and how physical he is. But I just think he's gonna probably smash this guy from top position. He just very um, this guy's got bad intentions. I don't know if he's ever strangled a terrorist. Um, being being uh, special forces in France or whatever it is, but um, he's got bad intentions. He looks to you know put some uh, hurting on people. Um, I don't really know too much about Miranda. I don't even know where he trains at. Like, I was hearing some stuff. I'm like, doesn't even make sense. Like all the facts that people, some people were giving me about him. I watched like one or two. This guy's not impressive. Like, saying any should be him, but you know, this is the first time he's ever been like a significant favorite. I don't know if I want to lay the chalk on him in um uh, in that position. Yeah, I think I think I might have uh, bet Stolzi there as well. Just a god awful bet. He got absolutely destroyed. Um, he he trains at MMA Masters. It looks like it says he's a jujitsu black belt. He's got a pretty cool mustache. So um, yeah, I think I'll I think I'm gonna bet that over one and a half. I don't think Saint Denis is just gonna make complete easy work of him. So. Uh, let's see about that next fight. Uh, probably one of the best fights in the cards. Sick fight here. They need to move this fight up, Ozzy. What the fuck is this fight doing on the prelims? Uh, Nasruddin Imavov taking on Joaquin Buckley. And uh, the oddest one, Imavov minus 250, Buckley plus 210. Uh, we've been high on Imavov for a while and, you know, probably France's best fighter. And they got him on the prelims of this card. I don't know what the hell they're doing. But uh, what are you thinking about this fight, Ozzy? Yeah, not um, not sure what, uh, about the bout order here. Why why it's like this? You know, props to Buckley for going over to to Paris, uh, France to to fight Imavov. Is a very very difficult fight. Um, and I'm surprised that they put a fight like this together. Just because I feel like Buckley's got some, you know, he's got some cachet. Um, you know, I feel I feel he he's not a I don't know, you know. You could say I, I would say he's overperformed. Like when I saw him fight Kevin Holland, I didn't think that he would, would get too many UFC wins uh thereafter. But in the last fight against was he was Al Hassan his last fight or did he have no the derived one? Yeah, he had the derived one after that. Those two fights, man, he looked pretty good there. You know, uh, obviously the Al Hassan fight he showed up being a little bit more well rounded on the attack. And then in the in the Dariah fight, he showed uh to be able to like avoid some of the grappling. Of some, you know, someone who is, uh, you know, a touted grappler had said that, yeah, man, I used to, you know, I'll grapple or submit this guy all the time in training and all this, you know, nonsense. And he, you know, he beat that dude's ass. Um, but Imavov, I feel like this dude's different, man. I feel like, you know, the after since like the Ian Heinish fight or the Phil Hall's, I, I think I've bet on him in all his UFC fights so far. I got to bet on him right now in this fight by submission at five to one. I just feel potentially Buckley, you know, he's a powerhouse guy. He's a, you know, you know, real strong dude. So I could see a situation where like, you know, Imavov hurts him and, you know, your Buckley either like kind of like falls into him or it looks to go for a takedown or something like that. And, uh, and Imavov goes for the neck. He, you know, he loves going for the, uh, the guillotine, the front chokes. Uh, he's very long. He's got really good kicks. Um, and I just, just think he's going to be able to stay out of the range that Buckley wants to strike uh, within. You know, he throws these overhands and, you know, obviously he mixes in the kicks in there. But I feel like Imavov, you know, the, the 250 number is a, it's a chalk number. Like, it's it's a decent line. You know, you don't want to lay that too, too often. But I feel that with the grappling that I don't, like the level that I don't, that I know Buckley is not on in terms of, like, controlling, like a guy like Phil Hawes is. You know, Phil Hawes is mo- much more of a... You know, has much more of a grappling jujitsu background. I don't think that Bucky's gonna be able to hold Imavov down if he does go for takedowns. I think that actually be bad for him. And then on the feet, I think between the range that Imavov fights with, even though the 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 reach is uh, the same, and the kick, the power of his kicks, um, I think that he's gonna get a win here. I bet I got a little stab on uh, it by a submission, but you know, I don't. I'm, I'm not really. Uh, I I think I would. I actually would probably bet the money line. You know, if I think that that line that line's not that crazy, but yeah, I think Imavov is gonna win. But my only bet here is the submission five to one. Yeah, I'm like 
taking the mob off in this fight as well. And I, I think I would slightly disagree with the money line just because it's not easy to cover 70% versus Buckley. I mean, I think a uh, is, is very likely to get the win. It's just not a bet that I think is going to, you know, sail to a victory. I think it could have some hairy moments. You know, I think definitely Buckley's you know, athleticism and, you know, uh, speed is probably going to give Imavov some early troubles here, but Imavov builds in the fights really well. He's an intelligent fighter. He's got really good cardio and, he I, I think the fight's gonna really you know run away with it in, in rounds two and three for him and the bet i have on this fight is the over one and a half uh one and a half units on that at minus 165 the line has moved a little bit but um you know i mean buckley we bet the over one and a half in his last fight and you know he beat Darius ass and he, he that fight still went over one and a half and i think buckley just he doesn't have as much like one shot knockout power as uh the market and most people tend to think he does like he kind of has that accumulated damage type of knockout power uh and i'm I don't think he's just, you know, dead Imavov with one shot. Same with Imavov. This guy uh, doesn't throw with an immense amount of power in in any one of his shots, but he just has a nonstop onslaught of strikes and really love his clinch work. He really knows his way around these clinch positions and uh, good elbows and knees inside. And he's also a pretty strong grappler, as we saw in his last fight, uh, does good damage on top, can get good positions, and of course has those nasty front chokes, Ozzy already mentioned. So I think this is going to be a real tough fight for Buckley everywhere. Um, you know, Buckley's getting a lot better. He's on a three-fight win streak, and he's a two-to-one dog, though. So I would say it is probably dog or pass. And uh, sorry, I muted myself for a second there while a motorcycle passed by. Next fight is going to be in the lightweight division. We got Therizium taking on Michael Figlak. The odds for this one are Figlak minus 215, ZM plus 185. Um, so Figlak looks good to me, man. He he looks well-rounded. Uh, he does everything pretty well. He's a, a, a boxer, solid wrestler. Um, he's a little short for the weight class, I think. Uh, but, you know, he's pretty physical. I think he's a strong guy, and I think he's going to win, you know, several fights in the UFC. I think ZM could uh, be a little bit tricky for him uh, just because, uh, you know, ZM is uh, – he's good at distance. He's good with the jab. His takedown defense is, is okay, I would say, maybe even, uh, you know, a little bit above average. Uh, and he's long as well. So I think it's it's going to be a tough fight at times for Figlak. Um and I think that if Figlak really committed to the uh, the wrestling as like his his game uh, his a game plan here, I think he probably would hit takedowns. And once ZM is on his his back, uh, he's not good at getting off his back. He's he's pretty good at defending initial takedowns, but he's pretty bad once you get him flat on the mat. So if Figlak gets him down here, I could see him running away with the fight easily. But if it stays in the feet, I could see ZM's footwork, uh, length, his jab being a little bit uh, a trouble for Figlak here in this big cage. I think the, the big cage does favor ZM. Uh, but, you know, Figlak's a legit boxer. He he throws nice combinations, and I think that he's just going to uh, pressure and mix in the wrestling and striking a little bit uh, enough to to get a decision victory for him here. Uh, I would not be laying the chalk on this on this at this point, though. I mean, he, he most of his wins are over, you know, fellow European guys, cage warriors type of guys. Uh, I do think ZM is a, a bit higher level than the average, you know, cage warriors opponent. So I think Figlak uh, probably getting the toughest fight of his career here. I don't think he quite deserves this, you know, over minus 200 price tag, even though I will, uh, you know, be picking him to get his hand raised in the end. Um, looking at bets here for, for value, I, I'm not seeing much I like at all. Uh, maybe Figlak sub at eight. Uh, 850 you know i mean uh zm did just did just get destroyed and submitted by mckinney uh so uh figlack doesn't really go for many subs when he when he's on top though so i don't really see any bets that have value for me um so i'll pass it over to you ozzy yeah my opinion it is figlack season uh it's in session um i think you know if zm was fighting figlack's brother i think he could you know maybe win this fight but he's fighting the superior undefeated uh, Figlak, the one who, you know, you could knock his competition, or you know, in Cage Warriors all you want, but I don't know if ZM is beating all those guys, especially the way that he that he did. He mixes in uh, his shots really well. I like his timing. I like how he's always, you know, he's just consistently doing positive things, in my opinion. You know, have has he fought a guy specifically like ZM that has, you know, 
a, a good reach, you know, how you know, throws out a little pecking, you know, a pecking jab very often. No, not exactly. But you saw what ZM does when he fights not a guy like Figlak, just because you know, I'm not necessarily saying that um Vandermini or uh Malarkey are you know exactly the same, but it's gonna be a similar kind of fight in terms of uh a similar kind of fight in terms of what, sorry about that, about how he's coming forward, you know, slipping off, you know, trying to get inside, trying to counter off of Zim's jab, mixing the leg kicks, mixing the takedowns when he wants them. Um, and I think I've seen this guy go a hard three multiple times, um, whereas Zim Duffy sometimes, uh, you know, Duffy slows down. So I just think Figlax going to end up putting him on his back at a certain point. But even if he doesn't, uh, I think if they're just kickboxing on the outside, you know, Zim's going to be on the back foot. He's going to be circling away and Figlax and be chipping away at him and scoring points and in route to a decision win. But uh yeah, I got Figlack. I bet him, you know, minus one eighty, minus one ninety. Um and you know, I think still a little value. I think he, he's gonna win this fight. Oh my fault. I was I was muted there for a second. Um uh so you brought up a great point that uh that you said that ZM does tend to slow down as the fight goes on. That that is true. Figlack has gone the hard fifteen uh several times. So maybe look at these Figlack Figlack round two, eighteen hundred, Figlack round three, twenty two hundred props. I think those have some good potential. Uh I think the fight should favor Figlack as it goes on. Next fight is going to be in the middleweight division. Dustin Stoltz was taken on uh, Abus Magomedov. And the odds for this one have Magomedov as the significant favorite, minus 270. Dustin Stoltz take uh, plus 230. Uh, just about six weeks removed from his uh, victory over Dwight Grant, getting right back in the mix. Uh, what do you think about Magomedov here? You got any strong thoughts? I, I, I personally have no idea what to make of this guy. His first name is Albus, Albus, Albus. Uh, like Albus Dumbledore, Albus Dumbledore. No, Albus. I have no idea. Right. It's, I'm Mago. saying Abus. Oh, yeah. Right, Abus. All right, I'm gonna call him Mago. So, I mean, Mago. I mean, this dude, from what I can tell, is a bit dynamic. Like, I feel like I've been hearing some takes. Like, some people are like, "Oh, well, he's in a grapple here. Oh, he's in a strike here. Oh, like this is where his level." I think this guy's very good. Now, the thing is, you see his age and you kind of maybe think like, you know, is he this going to be the same level of fighter? Like, how is he going to look given that he hasn't fought in a while? I think he's had a visa issue like a lot of these Russians have had. Um, and that's why he hasn't been fighting. Um, but I think he's still been training. Uh, I think he trains at, he t trains in Germany as well, I think they said. Um, but I think he's been training at the same gym that like, uh, um, what's this guy's name? What's the Ukrainian uh, welterweight? Uh, Amosov. The same gym that he's been at over there. Don't quote me on that though. But yeah, I think I just think overall, uh, in terms of this fight against Dustin, um, Mago is much more dynamic uh, and can fight in both. You know, uh, the, the in between, the grappling and the striking, where Dustin is very very bad at. You know, the only reason he was able to track down Dwight Grant is because Dwight Grant is you know not in shape, has awful cardio, and every round, every minute that went by that fight. You could see that Dustin was having more and more success and getting more and more confident. I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think he's going to be getting touched up. I think he's going to be getting hit as he comes forward. He's not very dynamic, or um, not, dynamic is the wrong word. Uh, very intelligent, like kind of like layered as he comes forward, like with what he's going to be doing because he does need this fight on the ground, in my opinion. So you know, did Dustin look good? Okay, look okay versus Hadolfo and Gerald Mershart? Yes, but I think this guy. Between the two, the the martial arts, he's able to mix it much better. Um, and he, I think he's gonna win. So I've used him as a parlay piece a little earlier in the week, but uh, but yeah, I think he's gonna beat Dustin for sure. Yeah, no, no strong convictions here. This guy did get signed to the UFC August 7, twenty twenty one. So definitely some canceled fights. He's been in, on the roster for a while, finally making his debut. Um, so yeah, he hasn't fought in you know uh about twenty one months. Um, you know, there are some fights out there of him and PFL that I think are, are you know, a good point to watch. Um, got absolutely stiffened by a left hook uh, from Luis Taylor. That was a crazy knockout. It looked like this dude wasn't even out, like, on his way down. But then his head smacked against the canvas so hard that he just went out completely cold. Um, yeah. You but, like that uh, shit? Yeah, that was enjoyable to watch. Um, wasn't that for the million dollar? Th wasn't that for the final, too? Yeah, it was. Um, amazing. Um, 
But, they know uh, why you should. They should do that shit in the UFC, dude. Give a guy a fucking suitcase full of cash, like after he wins his fight. Like they should do that. Yeah, I mean, for for Dana and Vince McMahon being friends with one another, you would think that he would, in, uh, you know, integrate some better uh, promotion into oh, the stupid. UFC. But so, um, like Money in the Bank title shot, imagine that, dude. You could cash that shit in. Be incredible. Be incredible. Or... I mean, yeah, he doesn't even like doing like entrances with that are like you know. I think like after like the. Uh, the Asanya ends where he brought out all those people. He's like, "Oh, I don't like this anymore. We're we're done." Like he just wants to make the UFC as as boring as possible. But anyway, I feel like they should do um, some shit like that. Like you win seven fights, you get like a you get like a title shot. You could cash in whenever. Yeah, I mean the the whole road to the UFC is a good idea, but they just you know didn't even promote it. Nobody even knew about it. Um, but uh, so man, I I have no idea what to think about Abus. I think it's definitely a dog or pass. I mean, you know, there's just, you know, I don't know what to make of this guy off of the long layoff. Uh, he's seems... not beating this. He's not beating a Magomedov, bro. Come on. That's probably true. I mean, I'm definitely not encouraging him. Oh, the, the, I know the, uh, the bet. Uh, Magomedov by sub at 460. I mean, Dustin has been submitted, you know, several times in the UFC. Uh, and I think that, you know, Magomedov... Dustin looks shitty in that, Dwight. I had, I was... I had I was I had a position. On, Dustin looked bad in that Dwight yeah. Grant fight. I mean, he's like lucky. Bad. He's lucky he, that Dwight Grant sucks. He looked he looked worse than the the other fights that he lost. He looked worse, in my opinion. Yeah, he how do you have an easy time? Yeah, you, yeah, he's taking GM three down with great takedowns, great wrestling against Dwight Grant. His dad looked awful. He looked horrible, in my opinion. So. I think I'm gonna put a small bet on Magomed sub at 460. Um, enough about that. Uh. First fight on the main card, featherweight division, amazing fight. Charles Jordan, Nathaniel Wood. The odds for this one, Jordan minus 144, Wood plus 124. Uh, so, amazing matchup, you know, great matchmaking by the UFC here. Uh, Wood's first real test at 145. Don't forget, guys, he spent, you know, pretty much his entire career at 135, moved up against Charles Rosa, beat the brakes off of him. Uh, but the fact that he wasn't able to finish, you know, Charles Rosa, you know, Rosa is a tough guy to finish. He's durable. He's hard to submit. Uh, but, you know, he would just, you know, beat his ass pillar to post in that fight and was not able to finish him. And I don't think that's a great sign going forward for his career 145. You know, he's not quite uh, as physical as some of these guys uh, with the, the size difference. Uh, an incredibly hard hitter. And I don't think his, his top game is anything like that, you know, suffocating as well. So uh, I think the easiest path for Wood here would be probably mixing in those takedowns um, because we did see Jordan be, get taken out and controlled for long stretches by Burgos in his last fight. Uh, between you and me, I was at that fight. I bet Burgos. I had Jordan winning the fight in rounds one and three. I mean, obviously he won round three. Burgos won round two. But, um, you know, he, he got his back taken for the first half of round one, but he did what you want to see in a fighter when when he loses the first half of the round he was coming at Burgos for the last two and a half minutes of that fight or that round and he threw a lot of strikes he landed a lot in my opinion he overcame that deficit early on which is just a good sign for me I mean he well, Jordan is that type of fighter he might let you win the first you know, round or he might get hurt a little bit early but he comes on really strong in rounds two and three he's got really good cardio and he has just nonstop output. It seems that this guy can pump out like 500 strikes a fight and be fresh at the end. So I think he's really going to get uh, taken down here and briefly controlled at points. But I just see him coming forward and landing the more effective offense. Uh, he's, you know, the the better kicker of the two. I think he's going to mix in those those really nice knees to the body. Um, you know, he, he smashed Burgos with knees to the body in that fight. And Burgos slowed down a lot in that fight. It was partially due to the grappling and the body triangles he had. But Jordan landed a lot of clean knees to the body that no doubt, you know, slowed Burgos down a little bit. And I think uh, that could possibly happen here. So it's not a fight where I'm, I'm urgent to bet Jordan here. I think the line is, you know, about right where it's at with a Jordan around 60%. Um, I think this one is actually going to be heading to the decision. I see a lot of people thinking this one's going to end by finish. It's going to be high pace. It's going to be really high pace. But I think it's going to be one of those high pace fights that inevitably makes it to the full 15 minutes, despite uh, us thinking live that it might end by finish. So. I'm going Jordan decision here, but I don't exactly have a bet that I love. So you you would who do you think is more likely to would be more likely to finish? Did you say did you say that? Mm, that's a good question. Um, 
I would I have to say Jordan. What's the no score card? What's no scorecards uh, for both each of these guys? Jordan minus two ten. I think that it's not that wide though. It's not that wide. I, I would say Jordan slight favorite to finish lot uh, to finish, but would no scorecard one seventy is actually not a bad bet. Yeah. So this is a fight. You know, I love the one forty five weight class. It's actually, a, I, I love the. This thing about bet MMA, you know, some people are like, oh, tracking is so stupid. Like, other, other people are like, no, it's the best, whatever. But either way, objectively, there's one thing I like that they do. They give you your stats by weight class. And 145 is far the the best weight class that I've ever, like, success-wise. And I think it makes, you know, all weight class I used to compete in myself. Um, But I'm really intrigued about this fight. And actually, after... um. Jordan's fight, I was like, man, like I'd I'd love to see this matchup here, um, or after whoever uh, fought last, because you know both these guys are very very active. I feel like Nathaniel Wood, he has a superior defense in my, I mean, in in the in the f- aspect of you know protecting himself while you know throwing off these strikes. You know, I I feel like Jordan, a lot of his defense is his offense, and you know the fact that he's a southpaw. Um, and it can switch stance, but Nathaniel Wood can as well. He's comfortable kicking either leg, uh, with either leg. Um, and I think the leg kicks are going to be a factor here. I think you saw that in the um, fight that uh, Jordan was bothered a bit by those kicks. Um, you know, I think you saw in the Julian Arosa fight, he is bothered by you know the body shots there. I think that Nathaniel Wood, I just foresee you know this fight. One, like you said, I think it's going later. You know, I think uh, Nathaniel Wood's chin is really, really solid. I think that Jordan, he will probably be looking to be a little bit more active earlier. But I still think he's still going to be a little bit conservative. Not conservative, but I just don't think that he's going to be, you know, the last um, thought that people have or a memory they have of uh, Jordan was him throwing like 200 strikes in the third round against uh or whatever he did against Shane Burgos he just all over him and realistically like you know that was you know a really high-end performance by him um you know I think that he probably you know kind of chills down a little bit more here I think that uh the, the fact how Wood just enters the pocket he's like a classically trained striker he doesn't really let you know um People get off on him on combinations without answering back. You know, you see that in a lot of his fights. He's he's usually the guy who has the more more the volume. Who when he's countering back, he's finishing. You know, combinations with a leg kick, or he's the last guy to land. So I think that's gonna be to his benefit. And I feel that if you know this is going to the third round, one one. You know, I kind of like you know having the plus money on the, on my side here. So I've been going back and forth a little bit. I was always leaning Wood. I actually thought Wood would be the favorite when they uh, opened the line. And then I was like, all right, am I missing something here? It's like the guy has the experience advantage as well, but he's just, you know, coming up a weight class. And I'm just in a backwood here. You know, I think at plus 120, plus 130, you could even get on DraftKings right now. I think it's a solid bet. He's got, I think he he's pretty durable overall. He, he I don't think he's been, he has he been finished before. Um, Yeah, Dodson caught him, caught him with a big punch. You know, there, but you know that was like towards the end of the fight or later on in the third round. So I, I don't, I don't think that Jordan's gonna finish him here. I think that uh, is a solid bet to to have in the account. Good ROI bet. Um, and and yeah, so I, I'm gonna go with Nathaniel Wood. We'll go head to head on that one. Uh, but I'll take him at plus one thirty. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fight nobody should be super confident in. I think if anybody, you know betting more than you know a unit or two on these guys i I don't think that's a good idea i think it's a appropriately closely lined fight and it's going to play out close live really good matchmaking there uh next fight is also in the featherweight division oh ozzy by the way also i have an amazing roi on 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 uh i didn't even notice this shit but 34 percent roi crazy um best weight class by far for me yeah mine is uh mine's 20 23 percent and that's with uh 193 picks so it's it's not like a like that tiny of a sample size so it's pretty yeah. good mine's only 72 so um next next fight is also featherweight division uh william gomez taking on jarno aarons uh we have the line for this one uh gomez minus 225 aarons plus 190 uh tough fight to wrap my head around but w- w- your turn to start this one off yeah i looked at this one a bit um, you know, I was going in, I thought Gomi was going to be like a very accomplished, like, you know, French kickboxer or, or, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, the guy, 
it, it, it's a little weird. He reminds me almost of like not. He doesn't remind me of Darren Till, but he's got like the lefty tie stance. He's like backs up a lot. You know, he doesn't really lead too much, and then he looks to wrestle. Like he looks to get takedowns, like pull the hips out, put guys on the ground. Um, and then the other guy, Aaron's like. He got put. He gets put on his back, and like sometimes he's like playing jujitsu there. And then you know, on the feet, I actually think he's okay. He's not bad. Um, but I feel like Gomi's gonna just come forward of or um either come forward and get into the clinch, or as Aaron's is getting aggressive at him, throwing throwing strikes at him, he will initiate the clinch, and then you know we'll see you know who wins the wrestling there. Um, I just kind of like this fight to go the distance or go over just because. Gomi, you know, I think with the big cage as well, maybe UFC jitters for both these guys, they might start off a little slow, fill, fill each other out uh, a decent bit in the first round. And then after that, like, Gomi's just a sticky dude, and he just looks at these takedowns. He's, I think he's a little, he's more athletic and probably stronger than Aaron's. But Aaron's a scrappy guy, so I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, was able to latch onto a submission or, you know, catch him with a little shot or something like that. But I think if they go to the ground, you know, he's he's gonna be, uh, keeping guard. Like Gomi's not gonna advance position that much or drop a uh, great ground and pound. So I like the fight to go the distance or, or over uh, the two and a half, uh, two and a half rounds. Yeah, I'm in agreement with pretty much everything there. Honestly, I think both these guys uh, stink. For me, oh, yeah, honest. they're bad. These, this is a bad fight. This, I thought Gomez yeah. was gonna be good. Honestly, I thought he was a good prospect, but no, he's not. Yeah. Also, this guy's name is Gomez on Tapology, but the books have him as Gomez. I don't know what the deal with that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gomez he he retreats all the time. Like this guy, like his footwork is a mess. He's constantly moving backwards, and then. Every now and then he initiates uh, some strikes and then he ties up in a clinch. This guy loves clinching. Uh, all of his fights are clinching. Then he eventually takes some people down. His top game is pretty inconsistent. It's like pretty weak control, I think. But then when he actually, uh, you know, decides to do something and throw strikes, he can be damaging. And he did, you know, knock one guy out from top position. He did do damage in another one of his fights. But uh, it's just really inconsistent with, the, with this guy. Uh, on the feet, I think Aaron's is probably going to be the more dangerous striker. He's got the more traditional offense, and I think uh, you know I'd say the striking advantage probably lies with uh, with Aaron's here. But Aaron's is a terrible grappler, and this guy gets taken down all the time, and he gets stuck on his back for long periods of time. And I think the Gomez is probably just going to mix in the clinch, the wrestling, take this guy down, and uh, you know grind him out to a decision. Uh, I agree that you know the over and the GTD is the side here. I mean, I just don't understand where this you know, 50% finishing equity is coming from even more than that. You know, the, the ITD is almost 60%. I don't, where do 60% of finishes come in this fight? I would say Gomi knockout is probably the most likely, but outside of that, I don't think any, uh, actually Aaron's knockout is a semi plausible, but uh, I think Aaron's knockout is the way to play him. If you're going to play him, this guy is not a good round winner. He's a bad grappler. And I think that if he's winning this fight, it's going to be having to catch Gomi uh, with a big shot and, and not him out. So uh, Aaron's KO or, or, or pass if there's any bet there. And then I think the GTD over is good as well. Uh, I would say over is the side at plus 108 because it, the price difference is pretty, pretty you know, uh, insignificant. So uh, I agree that's a good bet there. Next fight, lightweight division, Nasrat Hackbrass taking on John McDessey. The line for this one, Nasrat minus 236, John McDessey plus 201. Uh, so I think. These guys are a bit opposite in, this, in the one respect that Nasrat is typically overrated by the market and MacDessey is typically underrated. And uh, their past few fights have been, you know, proof of that. Um, and MacDessey, you know, he is old. He's a 38-year-old striker. He hasn't fought in about a year and a half. But, guys, his last win was a great win. It's aged really well. He had a, a hard 15-minute striking fight with Baja Mendez, a fight that I thought he clearly won despite it being a split decision. And, you know, Baja Mendez has looked really good since then. So I would be a little bit more concerned about the age and the layoff if his last performance wasn't so good. I mean, it looked like he really hadn't lost a step from some of his earlier performances. Uh, McDessey is just a really skilled striker, man. And I think he's actually, you know, the much more skilled and intelligent striker than Nasrat. Um, you know, Nasrat is a good, clean striker. He has some crisp offense, but I just don't think he has uh, – 
a lot of ideas on on the feet. You know, he I don't think he really works in a fight that well. And I think Mac Desi just has a, a better eye for exchanges. He's much more experienced. And I think that the fact that Nasrat is, you know, over a two to one favorite here is just, you know, disrespectful to the Mac Daddy, man. I think that uh, it's Mac Desi or pass. Just waiting to see where the line goes with this one because Nasrat's been getting pretty steady action for the past week or two. And he might get another, you know, late round of action here. Uh, but I think 200, if that's a, you know, that's a pretty good buy point. I think that there's, you know, pretty significant value on the two to one there. Only way I think Nasrat covers his price is just, uh, you know, Mac Desi looking old and looking like he's lost a step or two. Uh, but, you know, with with what we've seen from Nasrat lately, I think, you know, I mean, he got demolished by uh, Hooker and by Bobby Green. Just didn't look like he had a chance in either one of those fights. Um, and he was way too favored uh, or, or way the market was giving him too much respect in both of those fights. He was like plus 120 in awesome. both of those fights. And, and you know, awesome. yeah, Ozzy and I, you know, we, we bet a lot of units against this guy. In this it was the same, fight. the same odds you got. You saw they showed you the hooker fight and then they gave you the same odds of Bobby Green. It was crazy. That was great. Then that card was epic, too, because it was the Bobby Green and the, the Cannoneer card. Um, oh. those, yeah. So, um, um, Mac daddy all day here for me. What about you, Ozzy? Yeah. So I took, I, I've been nibbling on the, the, you know, McDessie in the 200 range, you know, um, Nazra, he, even in those two fights, you know, he did land a bit, you know, he, he, he does have an accurate left hand and it's just going to be a, a matter of if McDessie like is, does he have chin issues? I mean, in the lot in the Bahamundes fight, like Bahamundes, I don't think he hits as hard as Nasrat does, but he landed a lot of shots as well on McDessie, and you know McDessie was fine there. Um, I know this fight is apparently a little personal for between the two guys. I like when I hear that, you know, I like when the veteran guy is like fired up, um, you know, to 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 get in there and and get a win. And you know, this guy is Canadian. I think he does speak a little wee wee French. Um, so maybe a little added motivation for, for uh, Mac Daddy, as you call him, Martian. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got great striking. He's got good distance management. If he does re get a read on Nazareth, I do think that he uh, is going to be able to um, compete. And it's all about the chin. So I've been nibbling on it in the 200 range. I will continue to do so. Um, and yeah, I'll, uh, I'll side with I've I just always thought that Nazareth was a complete fraud. You know, probably a creation. I don't know who who he runs with, Ali. I don't know who it is, but the guy's a fraud, in my opinion. The whole time I've thought that, um, and I'm not gonna stop now with an established uh, UFC vet in what will amount to a kickboxing fight. Yes, yeah, sir. Let's keep it moving. Uh, back to the middleweight division. Ton of middleweight fights on this card. Alessio De Kirko taking on Roman Kopilov. The odds for this one have uh, DeKirko minus 112, Kopilov minus 108. Uh, what are your thoughts on this near pick em fight? About the f matchup itself, I don't have that much to say other than, um, I mean, I thought Kopilov, I thought he was going to be like classic Russian. Like he takes like a few fights in UFC, then you don't see him for forever. It, they matched him up with a, a fellow Russian of his in Darayev. You know, he was able to do something in the last round. But you know, I think overall this fight is just going to go the distance. I got the over as one of my favorite bets of the week. Just because, I mean, DiCiricho, DiCarico, I mean, the guy's got a rock head, even though he did go down from that head kick uh, that, um, what's his called, Al-Hassan hit him with. But, I mean, Kapalov does not have any kind of power like that. He, I think he's like, he's not very dangerous to his grappling. He doesn't really have good wrestling. And DiCirico is not, like, a very potent striker in his own right. But Hapalov, because being, or Kopalov, because being a southpaw, does have some of that, like, natural, like, not great defense, but, like, built-in defense that you do get from being a southpaw. Um, and I think it'll just, you know, cause DiCirico to uh, grapple a little more, maybe clinch. You know, be happy to kick the legs and kick the body and, you know, just not land that many strikes. Kapalov has literally never been knocked out. So, yeah, we'll go uh, over two and a half. And I would pick, if I had to pick one of these guys, I'd probably pick Kapalov uh, to win. Unbelievable. I'm I'm picking ADC all day here. Um, you know, I'm a bit spooked by the, the market, honestly, on this one. You know, I would think in the 
that Jericho would get the action. Um, I bet him, uh, at, you know, technically a worse price, minus 115. He briefly went to 125, and now people are buying back on Kopilov. I don't really know who's, uh, you know, betting the Kopilov side. I'd be interested to see if any, you know, uh, respectable uh, cappers or better or betters tracked. are taking him. Only tracked ones, um, because... though, right? Only tracked. That's, That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, good distinction. Good distinction to make there. Um, but uh, I do agree with the fact of the the over in this fight. I bet the GTD as well minus one fifty on DraftKings. Um, so uh, I have both one and a quarter unit on ADC money line and the fight going the distance. Um, so you know I think uh, Dekirko when he actually is like motivated and aggressive, he I think he's the better fighter. I think uh, you know you're watching that that Buckley fight. You know he's facing a southpaw striker in that fight, and Buckley comes forward a little bit. You know you see ADC retreating and you know landing that nat- nice counter right hand, and you know just, just two or three minutes into that fight, he kind of timed Buckley, you know, leaning off that left side a little bit and, you know, clipped him with that nasty head kick and, you know, knocked him out cold. Bro, but he's not doing that him. to this guy. Come on. No, no, no. But still, uh, that was a nice, it was a nice, you gotta admit, it was a nice moment, right? Um, but live by the head kick, die by the head kick. 15 seconds into the the, the Razak fight, he gets blasted to another dimension. Dekirko literally bent right over into that kick. Did not see that shit coming at all. Um, so, you know, both guys have took a beating in their last fight. You know, DeKirko was only one shot for him, luckily, but for sure a concussive one. And Kopilov got, you know, demolished by Duryev there. So, um, yeah, I, I will say for Kopilov, an impressive thing was he did win round three there. I mean, he he got destroyed 2017 in the first two rounds and was, you know, still tough enough uh, to come back and win that last round. But, you know, Duryev is no good, man. Um, I actually think that that performance has aged even worse, uh, considering that Duryev uh, is worse than we thought. Um, so, you know, Kobe Love just, you know, he hasn't won a UFC fight. He hasn't won a fight in three or four years. The guys he was finishing are just low-level fighters. And I think that, you know, this guy's, uh, I wouldn't call him a fraud, but, you know, I, I'm getting a little fraud vibes from Kobe Love. I just, <laughs> I would be surprised for him to see that. Uh, I'd be surprised to see him win the fight. Um, surprised but, uh, is that a you know, pick him? You, you surprised? I would be surprised. This guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you, what you can't love about Dekirko is this guy's activity is not great. Like sometimes in fights, he he has the win on the table. He just doesn't throw enough strikes. Uh, but you know, hopefully, he's he's a little more aggressive and motivated here. Is this your uh, most also, confident play of the week? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> te- technically, I think I might have the the most. Uh, the most money on it <laughs> but oh, no. but uh i'm more confident in the gtd uh than i am the, the adc side so there you go um it, i gotta let it ride though i can't get spooked i can't get spooked. A, it is adcc season you know month you know for all the drafters in about 17 days i see these boys training hard so maybe you know it it's adc time as well so we'll see yeah, yeah. Remind me to get your flow grappling uh, password, by the way. I'm oh, going to yeah. need that. Oh, yeah, um, so uh, next fight, keeping it in the middleweight division. Uh, can you just unplug your mic real quick? We're getting a little echo. The fourth middleweight fight on this fucking card. We have uh, Robert the Reaper Whitaker taking on Marvin Vittori. Uh, the odds for this one have uh, Whitaker minus 211, Vittori plus 181. Uh, is getting some action, you know, the past week or two. Uh, action is coming in on Vittori. So, um, what do you think about this matchup here, Ozzy? I love it. I love Robert Whitaker. He is one of my favorite fighters of all time. Uh, I hate Israel Adesanya. I wish he was competing in like I don't know some other sport or I don't know another era. But you know, I'm 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 looking at this fight, and it's very interesting for me when I'm seeing like both these guys fought Izzy, and they were like the same price against Izzy, like. I remember Whitaker was like 220 plus 220. Marvin, maybe he got a little lower. Marvin was maybe like 205 or something. But he was like 230 at some points. And then you put them against each other, and one of them is in that same, you know, uh, odds-wise as the champion in a three-round fight, which I would think it kind of gives you less time if you're Bobby Knuckles to establish yourself, maybe wear on Marvin. So I actually think it makes the fight closer. Um, you know, I'm a big fan, like I said, of Rob, you know, Rob is, has a good style to approach, uh, Southpaws as well. Um, but Marvin's just a blockhead dude. I feel like it's a guy that is hard to look good against. Um, there's a reason why, 
You got guys that say that he won the first fight against Izzy. You even got some guys that say that, you know, the Izzy, the second Izzy fight was like really, really close. You know, there's some people that feel that way. Obviously, it was Judge 50-45. But I could see how, you know, maybe like three of those rounds were kind of close. You know, he he does get, uh, you know, Izzy does get away from him in the grappling realm. So, I mean, Marvin's good. Like, Marvin's solid. The thing is, he does not have crazy depth as a striker. But I'm curious to see where the fight goes. Because I do think that Marvin's wrestling and his ground game against the style of grappler that Robert Whitaker is actually is a let me not say a threat but could work i think better than people uh maybe give him credit for because it didn't really work with like izzy that much and things like that and he's just not gonna stop uh you know marvin but i think whitaker obviously he's got the kicks you know i'm curious to see you know if he's just gonna be darting in with jabs if he does mix in the wrestling himself um i'm gonna pick rob but no bet for me on this fight at all like i'm gonna just enjoy it um, but I do think that there is probably a little bit of value on Marvin Vittori's side um, just because I do think that he has some more tools or tools that are sharper that people, because of those losses to Adesanya, um, you know, people maybe are in like all the stuff that happened with Costa and stuff like that. They give him a little less credit than they should. Um, I, I think I would probably disagree with some, some thoughts there. I, I think Whitaker is, um, is going to win the fight. And I think he's going to be probably the side at, even at this price of minus 210. Um, and Vittori is not a super easy guy to cover that price tag off of, but, um, I really think that Vittori is, is really not an intelligent fighter. This guy has good attributes like durability, output, cardio. Uh, he's very good with all that stuff. But in terms of like his depth of knowledge and like um, his eye for exchanges, kind of what I was talking about with Mac Desi earlier, I don't think this guy is like an intelligent fighter that you know makes good reads as the fight goes on. Um, sorry, the motorcycle gang is uh, ripping out front. But um, so... Oh man, they really threw me off. What the fuck? Um, Robert Whitaker, he's gonna win this fight. Um, it's gonna be by decision. I think the over in this fight, the GTD is like lock. Honestly, it, it seems a little foolish for you know men, especially at one eighty five, for the over to be this juiced. But I really don't see how either one of these guys finishes each other. But Tori punches extremely soft. This guy couldn't bust a grape. His knockout prop is twelve hundred. Um, and, uh, Vittor or Whitaker hits extremely hard, but Vittori has a blockhead. Like you said, one of the most durable fighters I've ever seen, um, you know, got destroyed versus Paulo Costa and still saw the final bell there. <laughs> keep insulting uh, between him. You and keep me, insulting him. Go, go, go. Keep going. Go yeah, on. Yeah. Go between, on. between you and me, Marvin Vittori won that decision on a fight on a round by round basis, but, but, uh, Paulo Costa won that fight. He did infinitely more damage in that fight. So, um, score it however you want it. Marvin Vittori is actually, you know, coming off a loss. Actually, two losses, right? Was his last fight to uh, to Adesanya, or was the the Vittori one the most recent? I don't even remember. Oh, it was the Costa. Yeah, so he's coming off of two losses in a row. Um, and uh, Whitaker before that he fought, and then, it's just... and then before that he fought a welterweight in Kevin Holland. Yes. Um, uh, you know, he's coming off a loss against Adesanya. I thought he fought pretty well there despite losing the fight. And our boy Sriram was talking about this earlier. Isn't it interesting how how Chris Weidman, prime Chris Weidman, would destroy Israel Adesanya? But then uh, Whitaker would also destroy Weidman in their primes as well. It's interesting how these matches Weidman work. Doesn't, uh, Weidman doesn't lose to anybody in his prime, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I, I I got Bobby. Yo, Yo Romero couldn't take this guy down. And you that Rockhold, that Rockhold loss for Weidman was a fluke, bro. He was some. He should have fucked Luke Rockhold <laughs> up, bro. I remember I bet pretty the hell big on Weidman on that. It was like minus one thirty or some shit like that. I was like, oh, bro, Weidman's gonna fucking fuck this, you know, surf boy, you know, West Coast pussy and fucking rock hold that. Yeah, I bet I bet like seventeen year old Martian had uh, had Rockhold there, honestly. So. Um, you probably had him on your right, wall. No, you probably had more a, thoughts. Probably had a fighting. poster of him on your wall. You fuck face. <laughs> um, I actually, I actually do. Um, um, because I went to, I went to Machida versus Rockhold. Um, yeah. So, so too. good call there. Good call. Um, main event time. If you could, if you could even call this a main event. Um, I don't know what the fuck this fight is. Uh, but 
It's a main event. It's a heavyweight division fight. It's Cyril Gaon versus Tai Tuivasa. Cyril Gaon is minus 600. Tai Tuivasa is plus 400. Uh, I didn't tape anything for this fight. I don't, I don't think tape is really necessary for this fight. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are thinking out there, but <laughs> I'm not rewatching any footage on these guys this, this week. Um, and you know, Cyril Gaon's probably going to win. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to be for a decision versus, uh, you know, ITD. I, I kind of lean ITD just because I don't know why. I just, it just seems hard for Ty to stick around for five rounds here without, gain really you know turning up the tempo and trying to do something at some point i did see uh, an interview or something that says he wants to i mean it's a very general quote but he wants to stick and move to a to a win here or something like that so you know that the gone isn't going to want to engage he's going to be a little scared of tie in the pocket and getting close so he's going to be retreating the entire time he's going to be tying him up in the clinch and um you know i i don't i don't know I think the fight may be starting round three, minus 132, not bad odds. I mean, uh, it took it took uh, gone till round three to destroy Derek Lewis. And we know Derek Lewis it has no fight in him whatsoever, just has, you know, the first sign of adversity. He is looking to get out of the fight. All the time. Uh, very evident. Yeah, very evident in his most recent fights. And uh, never forget, Ozzy, you were questioning me betting. I bet Cyril gone there, like minus 330 or something like that. Uh, incredible bet. Huge value, yeah, um, very much so. Yeah, um, thank, thank you for that. Um, so yeah, uh, starts round three will be uh, the the fight. Uh, why bet over? Two, why bet over two and a half when you can bet starts round three for the same price for two and a half minutes less? So is it the same price? Uh, starts round three. It's minus one thirty two for starts round three, and then minus one thirty for over two and a half. So oh, I see, I if see. you're betting over two and a half at that price, I well, see. I guess the limits are a little a little better for the over. But um, what the hell are you think? Here you go, Martian. That what is this. That was some pro. That was some pro better talk. You're like maybe the limits. You see, you 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 got to the answer at the end of the day. So, yeah, you know I'd be testing the limits and shit, right? right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know they charge you a little extra to 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 put your money in. You know. uh Two, two cents extra. I'm a pro. I'm a pro. I'm a pro. Don't forget, six percent pro. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. Um. So yeah, I mean, this fight. I, I mean, I don't like cap and heavyweight fights just because I feel like it's just not. Let's just to go back to that uh bet MMA thing. I think heavyweight is like one of my weakest, just because like the volatility in there, the variance. It's not the one like the aspect that I'm able to identify as well and take out and kind of like you know work on from there. So, I mean, do I think that Gon, I think the thing is, I think that Ty has, like, because he could throw the leg kicks and things like that, he, and he, like, doesn't mind getting hit, and he actually is, like, good at, or he's okay with getting, like, the old adage, like, take one to give one, like, he's actually okay with that. Derek Lewis he he's not okay with it either but he forces himself to do it and then when it's like not working out he's like has like a limit on like how much he's willing to take but ty not so much like he knows he's in it like how he needs to win these fights he needs to get dirty just like he did with Derek right on the inside and that development that he had with the light kicks on um if the fight is forced to stay on the outside a little bit so i actually think that you know maybe he could compete a little bit until Gon is able to also mix in the third layer, right? Other than the punches and the kicks with the with the clinch and being, you know, very, very strong and kind of probably deceptively strong, you know, at, at 250, six foot three, six foot four. So I think once Gon is able to work that third element in when he's like throwing the knees, working the elbows, working the trip, you know, trip game to off balance tie. I think uh, until then, the fight could be very close. I actually think Ty has a decent puncher's chance just because, you know, if you are like a guy like Gon working on the inside, you know, he's throwing fucking elbows all with Fernand Lopez on the pads. You know, you're in there close for Ty to be, you know, throwing those elbows and, and those hooks and those, uh you know, uppercuts and overhands as well. So, you know, it's a fight that I'm going to just watch. I don't, you know, uh, think that Ty has as good of a chance uh, for me to invest on that side. And then, you know, I know the over, like you're saying, or the two and a half is okay. But by this time, I want to have already made my money, be all good, be very happy with the night, and uh, and, and not have to sweat a, a heavyweight fight if I don't have to. So I don't, I don't think 
too much sweating will be going on this one. I think it'd be an extremely boring. I mean, I mean with if you're if you're if you're betting like the total and sh- oh okay, well you think it's gonna be a snooze fest, so I don't know. Yeah. Um you're right though. I think about, so. Uh, I think Gon I think Gon feels himself. He's like, all right, like you know, this is supposed to be the fight where he had the belt on, right? He just so happens not to have the belt on, you know, at this point, but he should still be treating it, you know, like that. I'm sure he is, so That'll wrap it up. Uh, time for our best bet parlay of the week. Last week, ours both lost. Mine was a good bet. Yours, I also bet it, but it turned out not to be a good one. But who the hell knows? Um, uh, mine was GTD and Usman, by the way. Um, so right. this it's time for this week. What What is yours? Do you, you want to go first? Yeah. Yeah, so I've been messing up. You know, I'm... Always, I've always been a person that I lean more towards the money lines. Like I like, the, I like money line bets more. I think recently, I think I've done more props. Um, two money lines that I've brought it down to, just ones that I think like, all right, this is the side that I like is Wood at the plus money and Figlack because you like. I'll give you the respect because you like Jordan. I will say Figlack, my best bet, like you know. Uh, pick on the money line side that I think it will be hitting. So, you know, minus 200, I guess, you know, now um, I got it for maybe a dime or, you know, 15 cents cheaper. But yeah, I'll go with Michael Figlack against uh, ZM money line. All right. I, 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 this is a tough one for me. I, I think the bet I liked uh, the most has moved a little, but I'll still, I'll still go with it here, uh, which will be the over one and a half in the Buckley Imoval fight. I think that uh, that should still be good. You can't parlay them on Bet Online. I've been I've been messing up and telling people to to parlay that these on on Bet Online, but uh, you can't even parlay like props on on Bet Online for some unforsaken reason. So if you parlay them on uh, DraftKings, you get plus one thirty one right now. Sorry, I got some sirens coming through. Man, between the motorcycles, the sirens, it's like I'm back in Philadelphia, but um. Anyway, uh, minus 185 on the over, minus 200 on Michael Figlack, and that brings you to plus 131. A little bit of juice this week, but it comes out to plus money at the end of the day, so uh, that's what it's all about. And, um, you know, good to be back. Uh, we got a, some solid UFCs coming up. Uh, any closing thoughts here, Ozzy? Nope. Sounds good. Well, thank you uh, to everyone for listening. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, BetMMA, and whatnot. Make sure you're, uh, you know, subscribing to YouTube, dropping some likes and some comments. Appreciate you all listening, and hope you all win some bets this weekend. We'll see you all before the next UFC next week. Peace out, everyone.